0: Hi, this is Keith Nowakowski, author of Native Plants in a Home Landscape. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two,
1: one. Live from a cul de sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find, temperate zones and tropic climes, and true currents and
2: thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong on and safe sunshine, will. Planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean
1: beaches and spiders. They're not Robin and Marion. They're not even Robin and Batman. But they are a dynamic duo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak.
2: High forests, the wetlands, land will. Good planets
3: are in the main.
4: Welcome to a beautiful Saturday morning in Chicago. About time, mm-hmm. if you uh, ask me. Uh, but nobody's asking. Uh, welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and I see we have a uh, an Ariana De Genova sighting. Uh, oh And she's here. You can you can actually pull that uh, microphone down and. And say hi to the, fo- well, say hi to, to mom and dad, first of all, well, if they're listening.
3: Hi, mom and dad, if you're listening, I'm sure you're down at the bottom of the hill looking for flowers and plants. Oh, beautiful what are they plants. doing? What are they doing? They're picking out some flowers for our garden today. They're like, get ready in the morning because we're going. And I said, well, I'm going to be on the Mike Novak show, so
4: Pla- plant sale. <laughs> Good for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, plant sale Where?
3: Um, it's an actual garden center. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, whatever. one in Crystal Lake. Oh, oh okay. Yeah.
4: So it's not. It's not. Uh, not a sale. Not, it's
3: not well, a plant. Not sale. a plant sale.
4: Because there's a lot of those out there. Yeah, uh, going on. Yeah, uh, this is the time a big of the year. One in
3: Libertyville this weekend.
4: Is there? Mm-hmm. Okay, you got the, you got the information. Yeah,
3: uh, Independence Grove in Libertyville, Lake County Forest Preserve, native plant, rain barrel, and compost bin sale. And uh, it's today and tomorrow. It's always the big Mother's Day weekend event. Um,
4: it's the mother of all plant yes, sales, right? Yes,
3: I've been to this event, and it's literally lined up. People are there with their boxes and their wagons and their They've got tons of natives and rain barrels and bee houses and bird houses and all sorts of things. And that's and, at Independence Grove. And,
4: and this is amazing. You Now, did you get this from the Trib, this, yeah. this, this yes, list? Yes, except okay. I
3: pulled it into Word and reformatted it.
4: Oh, so... The Tribune came out, and DNA DNA Info both mm-hmm. right. So you combine the two lists.
3: No, I think DNA got it from the Trib. <laughs>
4: they're they're com- they're competitors, aren't they? <laughs> why why Followed would they do that? Follow the bouncing the- electron. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's a uh, a list of the Chicago farmers markets that are opening this weekend. Just crazy. Today's uh, tomorrow is uh, in my neighborhood, Logan Square Farmers Market. Bronzeville opens. Uh, oh, well, they're not till July 9th, see. Oh. So you got to, w- what we'll have to do is go through and mark, I mean, Independence Park, not till June 11th.
3: Yeah. 95th Street started last week.
4: Uh, let's see, Portage. Let's see, which ones start today? Logan Square.
3: Here, we'll, we'll put Ariana on finding the ones that start this week.
4: All and right. what highlight, just highlight the ones. You got a highlighter there? Yeah, I just do. the ones that start this week, and maybe we'll go through the list later on. But this is that kind of weekend. This is when we start mm-hmm. getting uh, the farmer's markets uh, together. And I'm, I'm very excited about it, if only finally to be able to get fresh asparagus. Uh, that's. I've, I've, if, been,
3: I've been lucky enough for two weeks from the CSA, they've had it in the box, which has been amazing. Oh, which
4: CSA do you have?
3: Uh, Prairie Wind Family Farms. Oh. In Graze Lake.
4: Okay, cool, see, I'm I haven't signed up for one this year. But that, and you know and and you know why that is because I just I never use all the vegetables in there. There's just so much usually in a CSA Mm -hmm. that I go to the farmer's market and get what I need for the week or whatever. And uh, our guest is nodding his head, Dan Protess, who's the producer and writer of Urban Nature on WTTW. Hey, Dan. Hey, yeah. I don't know what
5: to do with CSAs because I'm a terrible cook. I'm a like
4: frozen (laughs) pizza kind of cook. You know what? And
5: so you get all this produce, and you have to know what you're doing. Asparagus, I can deal with. Yeah, because that I can just sure. put some olive oil on it and put it on the grill. But if you give me a bunch of exotic vegetables, <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm doing.
4: You're you're a soulmate, uh, Dan. I'm yeah. I'm not much of a cook either, but see Peggy is. So, uh, but we've got her surrounded here. All right. <laughs> uh, while he's on the show, we're going to talk about the program Urban Nature and all the cool stories uh, that are on that. So uh, stick around uh, for the Mike Novak show. Uh, but before that. Uh, Peggy has a word or two.
3: It might seem like an oxymoron, but a lawn can be beautiful and sustainable. Oh, come on. Especially if you let Logic Lawn Care take care of your turf. Ah. Logic's a company based right here in Evanston that uses a holistic approach to lawn care, meaning it's not just about putting down harmful products, it's about process. Logic also works with schools, park districts, and municipalities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas. Get a free estimate. Go to logiclawncare.com. Or call 847-421-6500. That's 847-421-6500.
4: When you shop the co-op, I like that phrase, shop the co-op, the Sugar Beet Co-op, you're shopping local and healthy. Right now they're featuring terrific local businesses like Westtown Bakery and Diner, Mint Creek Farm, Metric Coffee, Prairie Fruits, Farm and Creamery, I'm sorry, Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery. There we go. I was looking at the commas. Nichols Farm and Orchard and Rare Bird Preserves. And just mention the Mike Novak Show, and you'll get $5 off any purchase of $15 or more. Sugar Beet Food Co-op is in Oak Park on Madison, just west of Oak Park Avenue, or sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around.
3: Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com natural awakenings feel good live simply laugh more
4: do you remember when you were a kid and monarchs and other butterflies were everywhere when's the last time you even saw a monarch it's time to get back to nature and enjoy its elegance natural communities native plants can help Get rid of those pesticides and plant a wildflower sanctuary in your own backyard. Sit back and watch the birds and bees and, yes, monarchs. Established native plants require less maintenance, no watering and fertilizers. Necessary and beautiful, they are a lazy gardener's dream. What's not to like? Natural Communities has more than 200 species of hard-to-find true native flowers, grasses, shrubs, trees, and seed. They can please everyone, from the nerdiest native plant geek to the novel. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And until May 31st, mention the Mike Novak Show and get 10% off any plant purchase. Get back to nature. Go to naturalcommunities.net. That's naturalcommunities.net. What is this place?
0: You're in uncharted
4: territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590 WCGO Chicago. Welcome back to Tech R Us. I
3: was going to say, what? <laughs>
4: I like it. Uh, uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, ben, give me a little more uh, volume there. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, there we go. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Hello. Okay, now split the difference. There you go. Uh, we're very pleased to have in the studio Dan Protest, uh, as I mentioned, protests. Um, And uh, or is it protest? No, it's protest. You got it. Okay, He's the uh, producer and writer of Urban Nature. Dan's been doing this for a, a while, producing and writing programming for WTTW for 17 years. Um, He uh, was the series producer of the uh, 2016 national PBS primetime series Ten That Changed America and the producer and writer of the 2013 program uh, Ten Buildings That Changed America and now the producer and writer of Urban Nature. How would you sum up in your own words What urban nature is. So
5: this is 16 different stories uh, about ways in which nature is thriving in American cities. So everything from maybe the slightly obvious, like coyotes, uh, Mm -hmm. to the less obvious, like uh, looking at vacant lots and the weeds that are growing on those vacant lots, (laughs) some of which are very Mm -hmm. beneficial to bees and butterflies, and they're absorbing stormwater, and carbon. Uh, So six of the stories we filmed right here in Chicago, uh, our home base, but then we did five in New York and five in San Francisco. Uh, I wanted some geographical diversity. That kind of got me both coasts, and it got me all kinds of different stories. You know, New York... Uh, to paraphrase Frank Sinatra, if, if nature can make it there, it can make it anywhere. <laughs> and so that was really amazing to see these migratory
4: birds that were thriving right next to JFK Airport. Yeah. Um, we, that, that island where you go, where there used to be the sanitarium that's being overgrown by nature now. Oh, yeah. North
5: Brother Island North, is uh, this abandoned sanitarium island uh, in the middle of the East River. You're literally within shouting distance of Manhattan, and yet you're surrounded by these vacant buildings. And we looked at the ways in which nature was kind of reclaiming this island. Uh, you know, it's been sitting there vacant since the 60s, and the plants are taking over where the buildings were, and now it's great habitat for migrating birds. Uh, we also canoed the Bronx River, looked at these uh, migratory eels that are making their way uh, between the Sargasso Sea and uh New York City, the Bronx, <laughs> the poorest congressional district yeah, you know, in I America. Ma- I could
4: make I could make uh, some sort of analogy with eels and politicians or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's something going on there, but I don't. Know. I won't go down that road.
5: Yeah, and then <laughs> we uh, went to San Francisco, In San Francisco, of course, you've got the ocean and the mountains, and you've got sea lions. So we went to. A marine mammal hospital and uh, that rehabilitates uh, sea lions and other marine mammals that have been injured in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, and hopefully rehabilitates them and releases them back into the wild. Uh, We hiked a redwood forest in Oakland, which is not the first. in the
4: city limits in the city
5: of Oakland. You can again, you can see downtown Oakland right there in front of you. But you're in this amazing redwood forest that was initially chopped down 150 years ago to build the city of San Francisco and uh has since regrown and it's really cool that the trees grow in these concentric circles and you know we first showed up in this forest and we were like why do all the trees grow in perfect circles like that it turns out there was an enormous trunk in the middle of it an enormous redwood tree that uh-huh. had been cut down to build San Francisco 150 years ago and this amazing superpower of redwoods is that they can create new sproutlets around the edge of the the trunk that's been hacked off that's been cut down and this new ring of trees grows uh around it which was amazing to see so it's it's a little bit of everything we've got east coast west coast midwest uh but uh, the common thread here is nature thriving
4: often despite the odds in american cities why uh, San Francisco instead of L.A.? I mean, you would think that, that L.A. is going to be a mo- tough call. Was it? Okay. That was
5: a tough call. I really would have loved. And if we get to do another season of this, I will most definitely be looking at the Mountain Lions uh, <laughs> that are living in Griffith Park in Los Angeles. And, uh, but I did think that there were just what I got from San Francisco that I would not have ever had in In L.A. is uh, uh, just the the actual nature, sea lions. Uh And there's also this incredibly uh, progressive attitude toward uh, nature in the city of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They are trying their best to make sure that the city of San Francisco, one of the most dense urban populations in America, is hospitable to nature. So we looked at this program uh, called the Green Connections Program, where they've actually created... Uh, corridors for wildlife to make their way through San Francisco streets. So there is a designated coyote corridor now in San Francisco. There's a a designated pollinator corridor where they're creating what they're calling pollinator boulevards so that we saw this median strip outside of Whole Foods in uh, downtown San Francisco that they have uh, used to just be a dead strip of grass. And now they've planted all of the flowers that pollinators Love bees and butterflies with the idea that they can make their way through the city along this corridor. And so that uh, that once isolated populations that were at either end of the city can kind of make their way through this corridor and interbreed, because otherwise you get genetically isolated populations, in particular uh, in urban areas, and that's never a good thing for
4: wildlife. Yeah, well, you know, and, and what you point out with that is that it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much for nature to get a foothold if you give it half a chance. Um, it's interesting, you talk about the coyote corridors in San Francisco, you, you would would think they would do that in Chicago, and and actually there are, and they're called railways.
5: Yes, uh, <laughs> as we found. Yeah, so we went uh, with Professor Stan Garrett of the Ohio State University and tracked coyotes in Chicago. He has radio collared several hundred. Coyotes uh, around the Chicago metropolitan area, with the hopes of studying them and seeing how they are thriving in Chicago, and they are thriving. There are two thousand
4: coyotes in Chicago, where at least—I mean, that's what we know of. Yeah, where just a few decades ago there were zero, and and the pressure, as you point out in your program. Uh, is not from uh, uh, human beings. It's from other coyotes who have populated the suburban and exurban areas. Done and, really well, and they pushed the other coy- the other coy- oh, coyotes are looking for space, and yeah. the only space they can find is in the city. Right, exactly,
5: and they do incredibly well here because you have essentially removed their number one predator, which is hunters. <laughs> which <laughs> That's is true because, because
4: we're, we're not going to shoot coyotes here. We we're cannot, not really we're
5: not hunting coyotes in the city, and so they're safe. They just have to navigate our traffic. And we saw in this story how good they are at doing that. They actually observe traffic the patterns and watch traffic lights. And watch traffic lights. And, <laughs> yeah. And so they actually have... They're smarter
4: a, than we are, basically, is they what you're have
5: saying. A, 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 a coyote pup born in Chicago has a better chance of surviving than its parents because they have learned so well how to avoid us. And part of the, the other way, by the way, they've avoided us is they've become nocturnal. So in the wild, right. they're not necessarily nocturnal. They're throughout, they're active throughout the day. They've become nocturnal, and, and so by being active at night, they don't have to deal with us and with our traffic. There's less traffic at night. And they are doing so well in Chicago that you mentioned they're pushing themselves out of the exurbs into Chicago. Now the population in Chicago is bigger than our this, our city can support, mm-hmm. and now they're pushing themselves up north, including to Milwaukee,
4: so they've tracked some Chicago— Along the co- railways, I imagine, oh, as along well. Along rail- yeah.
5: right. the Yeah. So one of the things that we learned is that travel avenues for humans are also t- great travel avenues for coyotes. So they like to make their way along expressways and mm-hmm. along railways. And so they have actually tracked Chicago coyotes that they, there was no space left for them in Chicago. And so they com- they've pushed themselves up to— Milwaukee. Uh, to Milwaukee. They're, they're uh, gentrifying Milwaukee. <laughs> Do they just go up the metro line, or I'm not sure. What, what I don't think we following? necessarily know what their route
4: mm. was. More up important, there, but I that's wanna, where we found them. I want to wow. know if Milwaukee has sent a thank you card yet. Okay, uh, well, I've got so much well, more. They to, should. Uh, they should. <laughs> they yeah, should. I, I know. I mean, this these coyotes
5: ca- are controlling our rat populations. Yep. Our our rabbits don't have any natural predators in Chicago, so they're taking care of our rabbit
4: mm-hmm. population. My
5: garden thanks them. Yes.
4: And, right. and and I imagine you see coyotes up your way.
3: I see coyotes all the time. Yeah.
4: Yeah. She's in Highland Park. Oh, okay. Now I'm in Logan Square, so I don't. I've never seen a coyote. Now they're I, around. I either. know they're around. Yes. But, but they're 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 pretty stealthy there, and yeah. uh, I have just never. Or, or maybe I saw one and thought it was a dog. Who knows? You know. I That's th- quite
5: possible. That yeah. happens all the time. I've seen them in cemeteries. You're, so you're in Logan Square, you're not close to a cemetery, and that's where you're most likely yeah. to see them. And they find these like slivers of habitat between the cemeteries to make their way from cemetery to cemetery.
4: Amazing. Uh, that's Dan Protest, who is, is the producer and writer of Urban Nature. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, you brought in uh, Marcus—is uh, it Kronforst? Kronforst. Kronforst. Marcus Kronforst, um as your host, and he's an evolutionary biologist yeah. at University of Chicago. How did that happen? So I did a citywide search. It was kind of like
5: Star Search for uh, who wants to be the host of Urban Nature, and uh, I sent out emails to maybe. Like Like a hundred people around the city of Chicago, in particular, all the media relations people at universities DePaul, Loyola, University of Chicago, Northwestern, and said, Hey, do you have anyone on your faculty who studies biology who would be fantastic on camera? And I and had a lot of dead ends, but um, the the folks at university <laughs> nobody
4: nobody in science wants to be on camera.
5: Oh, I don't. <laughs> there, there's well, it's one thing to want to be on camera. It's yeah, another true. thing to be good at it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so at the University of Chicago, they said, yeah, we've got this guy Marcus Kronforst, and they sent me this video of him uh, with his butterfly net catching these little white butterflies called cabbage white butterflies <laughs> yeah, uh, around yeah. Hyde yeah. Park. Yeah. And he was like hilarious. Just instantly grabbed my attention, uh-huh. and I was like, "That's my guy." You know, he's he's as you mentioned, his expertise is evolutionary biology, uh, which is great. Was great for me, and great to have a scientist uh, on the road with me in San Francisco to and keep you on New the straight York. and narrow. There, exactly, right? exactly, yeah. absolutely. Someone who's interested in the data, which you know, as a TV producer, I'm not necessarily data driven. <laughs> I'm I'm more about telling the best story possible. Sure
4: so he that's a good combination though
5: he did yes he kept me honest in terms of understanding the science and uh conveying it in an accurate way but also his enthusiasm is incredible and w- was great to have him in front of the camera
4: we we have scientists on the show all the time and some of them are really hilarious and entertaining like um the ones that were at the good food festival yeah. um or was that yeah it was, uh,
5: yeah
3: um and, and
4: i'm not gonna i'm blanking on their name emily
3: grassley Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah she's, she's great from the yeah. Field Museum. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. So you know there there are there are people out there. Go ahead. I think you wanted to say something. No, no, you? no. Okay. Uh, so my question to you though is, uh, this is these are short subjects. Yeah, they, they go like. 6 to 12 minutes or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, 6 to 9. Yeah. And why that format? And is is it just online? So th- this was conceived as a
5: digital series. And you know, we're just trying to meet our audience. We uh, we are mm-hmm. once thought of ourselves as a public television station and like many uh media outlets, we're now thinking of ourselves as a media organization right. because we don't necessarily get all of our content on the television anymore i mean i i watch tv on my TV maybe once or twice a week, but then three or four days a week, I'm also watching, you know, last night's a good example. I was watching uh, Netflix on my iPad and simultaneously checking in <laughs> on the Cubs game on my iPhone. <laughs> so that's, you know, where our audience has gone and we're trying to meet them, uh, where they've gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they want content anytime. Sure. Wh- and wherever they happen to be, whether they're on the L or, uh, in their living room. And, um, so, this is a digital series, and, and the freedom to be able to do, you know, I think the range of segments is anywhere from four and a half minutes to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in broadcast I, television. No. In broadcast television, you have 56 minutes and 46 seconds, and you've got to cover your subject in that time slot. And it's nice to have the freedom to work with whatever length uh, I want. But, so it started as a digital series. Now we're airing some of these segments on Chicago Tonight uh, on Monday yeah, so nights, it, our it, nightly it's, news. Was it,
3: the coyote piece, I the think? Coyote piece and the
4: coyote piece. I'm squ- not surprised because that's... world piece, well, yeah. yeah. Do you know how people are interested in coyotes? Every time I talk about coyotes I on the show people go nuts they just love that subject they're fascinated by it
5: yeah the one thing i've yet to figure out is whether they're coyotes or coyotes and I'm... <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and i noticed in the piece it kind of kept going back and forth between the coyote, expert, coyote
5: our experts said coyote
4: and i I just can't bring myself to say that. I have had scientists say coyotes, so yeah, yeah. it goes it it goes both ways. All right uh we're gonna need to take a, a little break here. Uh, by the way, if folks want to join in the conversation or if they've seen any of these, give us a call at eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety that's uh, Dan Protest, who's a producer writer of urban nature on WTtw and uh, you can find the link at my website minovak dot net. but if they want to go straight there. It's WTTW.com slash urban nature. Slash urban nature. Now, one thing I've learned about gardeners is that they want answers. Now, which is why one of my favorite columns in Chicagoland Gardening Magazine is the Q&A by Deb Turrill, mainly because she's answering the questions, not me. For instance, <laughs> this month, there's the old question about the Easter lilies and hydrangeas you received as gifts this year. Can you put them in the ground? The answer is a definite maybe. 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 Hey, you got to pick up a copy of the magazine if you want the straight skinny. And should you read my column on the inside back page of every issue? Read his column. The answer is at your own risk. Chicagoland uh, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, or go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600 two six five three six zero zero
3: I feel like I need a fanfare for this one the daughter of the president requests your presence at tea
4: wait that who
3: Alice Roosevelt
4: Oh that daughter okay she
3: beckons you to step back in time to 1905 at historic Fisher Farm in Bensonville on Saturday June 3rd the fiery and witty first daughter tells tales of her father Teddy her rocky relationship with her stepmother Edith and her romantic alliance with future Speaker of the House Nick Longworth
4: Ooh. <gasps>
3: Nestled in a hundred acres of remnant prairie, the Fisher Homestead has been beautifully restored, and it's just minutes away. Go to Fisher Farm on Facebook for more information.
4: Fisher Farm on Facebook. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking urban nature. We hope you will join us. We'll be right back.
1: Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, Professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non toxic, vegan friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED? Lighting. Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other.
4: This is Mike Novak, Treekeeper number 417. Registration is now open for Openlands Treekeepers Summer Course. Treekeepers are a network of trained volunteers who take an active role in caring for trees around the Chicago area. The eight-day certification course will be held in Oak Park at the Austin Gardens Environmental Learning Center on Tuesday and Thursday evenings beginning June 1st. To learn more and to register, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. One of Evanston's best parties of the year is just around the corner, the 2017 Evanston Green Ball. It supports the Evanston Ecology Center and features great local food and beverages, live music, and an environmental art show. The Green Ball is on Saturday, May 20th, from 7 to 10.30 p.m. at the Levy Center, 300 Dodge Avenue in Evanston. Go to evanstonenvironment.org for more information and to buy your tickets. See you at the Green Ball. This is sports director Kevin Burgess. Make sure you catch my sports report every day
0: from 5 to 7 p.m. on French and Friends, sponsored by 1090 Brewing.
1: Then the coal company came with the world's largest shovel. With well, they tortured the timber and they stripped all the land. Then they
4: dug for the coal, the land was safe. And then they wrote it all down as the progress of man.
1: Daddy, won't you take me back to Newlandburg down by the Green River, where paradise lay? Well, I'm a sorry, my son, but you're too late to ask. Mister Peabody's cold train is a holiday away.
4: You know, and that's the sad side mm-hmm. of what development does to nature. But we're looking at the positive side of what happens uh, in urban areas, especially uh with nature and that's why we have Dan protests in the studio the producer of urban nature on WTTW uh, and um, we were talking uh, during the break, Dan. You had mentioned, you know, as you were talking at the beginning of the last segment, I had all these questions that kept popping into my head. Yeah. And and, and you kept moving on to one thing or another. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 I got to ask you. So, so I'm going to back up a little bit okay. to Brother Island, Brother Island. North Brother Island. North Brother, and there's South Brother Island. At South Brother Island, yes. Yeah. So this, this is just in the middle of the East River, right off Manhattan. Right. And as you said, this is an old sanitarium, and we were talking about how Typhoid Mary was actually kept mm-hmm. there, and she escaped uh, and, and went to work. And back they in, caught her. And they, she went to, back to work in healthcare, in the
5: food industry,
4: oh, or the food industry infected
5: more people. Yes, exactly. They caught her and then and they brought her back.
4: That uh, yeah, and uh, and she died there. Uh, and one of the things that is in that uh, uh, segment is. The different vegetation that has taken over because they're allowing the buildings to crumble as the vegetation encroaches. Some of it is kudzu. Yeah. And kudzu is notoriously
5: invasive. So why are they letting this grow? You know, it's amazing how and this is a a plant from Asia that's invasive in the south and that has somehow made it to this island in the middle of the East River, which is a whole other story, like Mm -hmm. how it got there in the first place. Probably, you know, some birds flew by and dropped some seeds. You know, it's possible that someone, some rogue individual, went out there with a boat and planted it at some point. What happened is that, so Kudzu uh, digs deep roots uh, at its place of origin, at that and then it spreads invasively from that spot where it's dug its roots. Mm-hmm. In this case, that, cu- that huge patch of kudzu, its roots are in the middle of a, an abandoned building. <gasps> and that building is crumbling, and it's too dangerous for them to go in there and root it out. And wow. so they're just allowing it to grow on that side of the island.
4: And they're not using any herbicides on that island, are no, they? No, not at all. Just weed whackers. <laughs> They set, and, and they which are,
5: is a huge uh, yeah. pain because uh, you know this is in the middle of the river. They have yeah. to haul all their gear out there,
4: right. on a boat. Uh, but they're doing that to
5: help the migrating birds, migrating birds that are using the island. And it was really cool. We also did a story. I mean, talk about isolation and how plants just show up places. We looked at Central Park.
3: Right.
5: Uh, this team uh, that is that is is hoping to catalog. Every single plant that is growing in Central Park, they've been at it for like three years now. They go out there two days a week, put on hip waders and wade through some of the ponds in Central Park looking for uh, species that they haven't identified yet. And there are all kinds of surprises. You know, you think this is like the densest metropolitan area in America. You know, it's an island of green. This park in the middle of a literal island of Manhattan. There wouldn't be any surprises (laughs) there. It's carefully, carefully managed. And yet, but it's huge. But it's huge. But it's so carefully managed. The Central Park Conservancy has a team of thousands that are out there every day. Weeding and
4: planting and mowing. And and I haven't seen that segment. I, 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 I've i seen some of, I saw about half a dozen of the segments, but that one. So what yeah. did they discover? And that so they uh, found
5: should... something called shad bush, uh, produces these black berries. I'm trying to remember the other name that we often. Service berry. Service berry. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Shad blue. They are, have found it has not been spotted in Manhattan for decades, and it just showed up in the middle of Central wow. Park someplace. They're also they found something called pondweed, which is this native species that's also been missing from Manhattan for many years and has just shown up. Now, by the way, one of the ways in which invasive species find their way into these ponds, and we saw the same thing in San Francisco, is people have their pet turtles and their pet fish, and they grow tired of the the turtle or fish, (laughs) and they decide to release (sighs) them into the pond, and along with the pet turtle and fish, they're also inadvertently introducing uh, exotic species that then love this environment mm-hmm. and spread and and go and wild have no predators the mm. other the other way in which uh, these species find their way into the park is people tossing aside their lunches. So people who are on their lunch break uh, at, uh-huh. go to Central Park. They've got their zucchini vegetable sa- uh, sandwich, and they're done with the zucchini. They toss it aside, and there are a few seeds left in that zucchini. And all of a sudden, what do you know? We found a patch of zucchini growing next to these beautiful blackberries. In Central Park.
4: In Central Park. I thought maybe a peanut butter tree had just <laughs> popped, popped right up. Next you to know? the
5: jelly shrub.
4: <laughs> exactly.
5: Well...
3: We had guests on last week talking about migrations and tomorrow's International Migratory Bird Day. Oh, is it? Yeah, and you've got that whole segment on making Chicago a safer bird city.
5: Yeah, so we started, we we wanted to see what can be done to make Chicago and other cities safer for migratory birds. So first we started by seeing what's so dangerous about Chicago in the first Mm -hmm. place? Mm -hmm. So we went out with the bird collision monitors, uh, who are these folks, volunteers go out uh, during migration season and comb the streets of downtown Chicago, starting at like 4 in the morning, looking for birds that have flown into buildings and have either died, and if the, if the bird is dead, they send it to the Field Museum for research, and if it's injured, they send it out to the Willowbrook Wildlife Center
4: for rehabilitation. And what was amazing is is a lot of the birds that die are because they fly into McCormick Place, and you can go to the... They, they open this drawer of dead birds, and they go McCormick Place, McCormick Place, McCormick yeah. Place, McCormick Place. And so this is something the,
5: f- the Field Museum is right next to McCormick mm-hmm. Place, so they have been tracking birds that have died at McCormick Place for many decades now and uh i forget how many birds have died there but it's part of it is that it's it's poorly located uh mm-hmm. the lakeside center there is
4: right on the left i'd be in favor of raising mccormick place you know richie daly f- proved it's really easy you just get a couple of bulldozers and you go on out there right. but, but, put as, a big X on but it. as you also point out in the same piece northerly island and thank goodness for for uh daily doing that in my opinion it's like about time, get rid of that stupid airport, and now we have this world-class bird sanctuary, or, Absolutely. or will be.
5: And that, and that is actually, they think, preventing bird deaths at McCormick Place, because instead of them the birds, you know, they fly along the lakefront, they're looking for a place to mm-hmm. land, and they used to just smack right into McCormick Place. Now there's this safe space, not just to land, but to rest and refuel, so they've, they have planted all of these plants that uh, provide... Food and shelter to the birds as they're passing through Chicago.
4: We actually have a phone call. Uh, Ben, let's get Chris uh, on the line. Chris from Palatine, who's now becoming a regular caller. Chris, good morning.
0: Suggestion put on your Facebook page, put your telephone number on, you know, in your Facebook page.
4: Uh, oh, for the for the show?
0: Yes, for the show. Because otherwise, you're not going to get people. It's gonna, it was, It was very hard for me to find your te- your telephone number.
4: Well, it's on it's on the website. So that's... I know,
0: but I had to find the website. Okay, I, okay. I, I
4: will add it. Uh, if Kathleen's listening, she's my webmaster. Well, wait, no, it's not her job. Our job to do the yeah. Facebook. Well, we'll anyway, I, we'll
0: I, I strongly recommend you more frequently place your telephone number okay. where okay. people can look for it. Thanks
3: for the heads up, Chris. We'll take uh, care of that.
0: The other thing, I, I'm glad you played that. You know about people. You know, Daddy won't take back to Bueller County. John Prine, yeah, yeah. Uh, I sent that. I emailed you that a couple of years ago when you had a show uh, about coal mining, uh, and uh, on the uh, the radio station. So,
4: yeah, uh, uh, and, and it's a great song. It it's really is a great is. song.
0: And unfortunately, they, they are take they are you know hauling the town away. Yeah, they are. Uh, regarding farmers markets, Palatine had its first open farmers market uh, last uh, Saturday. Outdoor farmers market.
4: Okay, that's and good. I
0: appreciate this, Mike. They have uh, a uh, a booth set up for master gardeners there, and they're there every week.
4: A lot, a lot of uh, places do that. Right? Have master gardeners uh, at, at their events so that they can answer questions. I'll tell you what, Chris. Uh, and
0: real quickly, uh, yeah. Pat. You know, talking about coyotes, okay. I see, see and hear them quite frequently in uh, the forest preserves in uh, northwest suburbs.
4: And and of course, you're up by. Uh, by
0: Deer Grove. By
4: Deer Grove. So uh, that they, yeah, they're certainly they're probably certainly there. Certain you know. Oh,
0: they are there. I've seen
4: them. Okay. Well, Chris, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you for calling in again, and we'll put the phone number up on the Facebook page. Good man. Okay. All right. We're we're kind <laughs> of you. wrapping up here, getting to the end of this. Um, I a question I have for you. Do you you consider nature your beat, or is this— Oh, no, not at all.
5: If I have a beat, it's probably architecture and the built environment. So you mentioned I produced the series 10 that changed America. Right, right. I'm working on the next season right now, which is going to include episodes on the history of American monument building from uh, Bunker Hill up to the Oklahoma City Uh, Memorial and Monument, uh, and uh, also doing an episode on engineering feats uh, for this next season, Uh, you know, checking out Hoover Dam, which I'm very excited to finally see for myself. Oh, I would love to
4: see Hoover Dam.
5: And also looking at New Orleans and Mm -hmm. what's being done to make that a viable city in the face of climate change and rising sea levels. Do you see yourself adding more episodes to this
4: Urban Nature series? I would
5: absolutely love to at some point. I've got my eye on several cities. You mentioned Los Angeles would be a great place to go. I'd also love to take this international, you know, if that ever happens. That would be fantastic. London is exactly the city I had in mind would be really uh, amazing. But there's obviously, you know, every city has its own urban nature, and uh, I, I think there's no end to, to what
4: we can do with this. Well, I want to thank you, Dan Protest, uh, producer and writer for Urban Nature. Again, go to my website, MikeNovak.net or go to... WTTW.com slash urban nature. Uh, and uh, you're really going to enjoy it. It's really, really great stuff. Thanks, Thanks so much, Dan. Good. Appreciate Thanks for having me. Thank you, Dan. Uh, now, here's the Logic Lawn Care Program for natural lawn care in 30 seconds. Ready? Properly timed organic fertilization, non-toxic weed control, core aeration to stimulate growth, high-quality overseeding, integrated pest management, or IPM, proper watering and mowing. That's it. And wouldn't you like your local schools, park districts, or municipalities to learn those simple techniques? Call Logic, and you can all sit down together. Go to logiclawncare.com or call 847-421-6500, 847-421-6500.
3: When you go shopping, are you looking for local, sustainable, healthy foods? Well, you need to check out the Sugar Beet Co-op's healthy staples, the everyday items you need to make delicious meals priced at or below most other stores in town. We're talking about basics like milk without added hormones, organic whole wheat flour, fresh organic produce, and local grass-fed beef. Shop the co-op for these core items at an affordable price. Sugar Beet Food Co-op, it's in Oak Park on Madison, just west of Oak Park Avenue, or at sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop.
4: Coming up uh, in the next few minutes is our own TV guy, meteorologist Rick DeMaio, who's, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he's uh, got good news, and I, and I have a feeling that he does. Do we have any music behind this? I feel like it should be coming in here, Ben. Um, are we done? If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contractor. The installation of that
0: charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687.
4: It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Community-Supported Agriculture, or CSA, creates a direct relationship between you and a local farmer who grows your food.
3: You support a farmer financially up front, and your farmer provides you with local, sustainably raised food during the growing season.
4: This could be a weekly box of vegetables, a monthly share of meat or eggs, and there are many other options.
3: To find your farmer and the CSA that works best for you, go to bandoffarmers.org. Sign
4: up for your CSA today.
0: Chicagoans, use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green
2: sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world this is
0: your talk wcgo hang
4: on uh welcome back to the mike novak show with peggy Malecki. let's go to the phone line and bring in meteorologist rick DeMaio, star of radio and tv and maybe even stage i don't know <laughs> and print how about that and print. Yes. that's true and print, I and forgot print. About natural that.
3: awakenings yeah
4: yeah, yeah. I, I
2: write a 1,000-page story, and Peg cuts it down to 600. That's okay.
4: <laughs> That's her job. That's what she does.
3: <laughs> yes, but I'm able to kind of channel Rick DeMaio as I'm doing it. So
2: it, It's kind of funny. to goes... Can you keep it to this? And I'm like, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> my, but... my,
2: my mind just goes, you know. I, I, I was built for a novel, I guess, right?
3: <laughs> Stream of consciousness meteorology.
2: Yeah, there you go. But uh, we finally got it right. Right, guys? We got nice weather on the weekend. But wow. unfortunately,
4: you're inside. Wow, well, that's okay. We get out of here right after this. So, uh, in, fa- in fact, for the first time last night, you'll be happy to know, uh, yeah. We actually left our tomatoes out in the greenhouse Ooh. not outside mm. but in the greenhouse yeah. because we figured the heat had build up all day uh, uh, It looked like it was getting down into the upper 40s last night and, yeah. and we're in the city and it's in the greenhouse and I figure it's probably around 50 yeah, and no wind no wind and the tomatoes will be fine So yeah
2: but you know you know what's amazing is last night uh, Rebecca and I were out taking a walk at about um, seven o'clock. Um, And that lake breeze was still blowing pretty good. It was about 54 Uh right along the Evanston beach. And I went back out about 10, 30, 11 o'clock to take the dog out for a walk. As usual, lake breeze dies down and what happens, the temperature actually goes up. It's really amazing, but you got to be literally within a a few blocks of the lakefront to actually feel that reversal of the lake breeze going away. And then the temperature actually warms up. And it looks like that's going to be the trend for the next six to seven days. Wow.
4: You mean it's going to be May temperatures in May? That's crazy.
2: That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yesterday was the first day above normal in 15 days. Um, And during that period, we would averaged about 7 degrees below normal. Um, And I think we had maybe one day of 100% sunshine. Uh, But during that period of 15 days, we had 13 days of measurable rain. I think O'Hare came out to about six or seven inches, but there were some areas that got almost a foot of rain during that two-week period. It was really, it was almost like the pattern said, whatever you give me, I'm going to produce rain. I mean, we got significant mm-hmm. rain on Wednesday. That was almost an inch and a half. And, and you can see this thing. That was that, you know, big upper low over the desert southwest that produced that large, a uh, couple of big thunderstorms with large hail in the Denver area that, you know, not rained out, but hailed out the Cubs game. And you can see this was all subtropical moisture. And Whenever you get those little, you know, kind of pinwheeling mesoscale systems right over the top of you, if it works out just right, you can get a lot of rain. That's exactly what happened on Wednesday. But things are beginning to shift about 500 miles to the east. So the pattern that we were in is going to be basically from the Great Lakes to the northeast. Uh, And even though we'll actually get a little bit of a cool down tomorrow uh, with some northeast winds off the lake, we go right back close to 80 for Monday and maybe even low to mid-80s for Tuesday and Wednesday. So – um short-term and medium-term, the weather looks pretty good, but more importantly, we dry out,
4: and that's a nice thing. That would be a nice thing. Now, Peggy, you got to look at this because Rick sent me this this morning, and he said, guess where I am. And, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at the photo, and I'm seeing trees, and I'm seeing water, and the trees are very close mm-hmm. together. It looks very much like a forest preserve to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, uh, Glenview um, Forest uh, Preserve, um, and uh, I took a bike ride. I'm actually outside right now. Taking a break um, from your bike
3: path.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, I am muddy. (laughs) Oh, are you?
3: Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I don't. I don't do the path. I go into the into the backwoods. I like to get my aerobic workout. But I I have to say, Mike, the the effort that um, the volunteers have done with the North Branch Chicago Restoration Project um, five stars. They've really done a great job. Not only with thinning out. Um, some of the uh, invasive species right along the river. Uh, but the paths that you take when you go right into Glenview uh, Woods, this is right off of Glenview Road. You make a quick left and then you make a right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is really amazing because what they do is they transform a muddy path into a gravel path, which allows you to enjoy it. Now there's still a lot of work to be done but I just want to say publicly they've done a fantastic job so hats off to them.
3: Yeah and today is actually we'll dang. Yeah. today's Chicago River Day so you might see some of the people out oh. there doing cleanup today too.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I used to take part of the Chicago River Day uh, a while ago, but I haven't taken my kayaks out of my basement in a couple of years. So I, I think it's 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 Rick's Chicago Bike Day. I still have to go back <laughs> home do some schoolwork, and then I go out into the TV studio about three o'clock. So I had to get a lot of my stuff done early today. And then I'm I'm back into the hole,
4: so to say. So are you still doing uh, Saturdays and what Wednesdays or I, something?
2: Uh, uh, this month. Saturdays and Sundays, actually the next six weeks, Saturdays and Sundays, wow. and then next week it shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Next week it shifts to Tuesdays and Thursdays because my school schedule then shifts to Mondays yeah. and Wednesdays. So, oh no,
4: um, oh, I wrote to you this week about
2: yeah, I freeing know, up a Monday. I know. I know you want to go play golf. I'll still try to figure that out, but I'm right next to the golf course that you want to play, so I, I leave them
4: there spiritually. Take okay. a picture and send it to me. I, I was out there, and you got—you'll find this interesting. Uh, uh, the the course superintendent is is a buddy of mine, and he's doing all this really cool stuff on the golf course with something called biochar, which I don't even know if you have ever heard of. It's 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 plant material that has been burned, and it creates this this charcoal-like substance that has pockets, air pockets in it and can help uh plants grow and he's experimenting right. with it in in the turf he's also using compost he's taking he's taking vegetables from the country club and he, t- <laughs> he takes them back in his little area and he vermicomposts them cool. and wow. then he and then he yeah. applies them to the greens and to the the fairways and I'm very excited about it I mean yeah. it sounds it, like a it,
3: Facebook live video we need to do
4: I it is and yeah. he, we need to have him on the show mm-hmm. as well uh but'll well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get out there and play i just got to figure it out but um, yeah, yeah figure out a uh, monday dude because that's yeah and it's got to be no, i i i know i got
2: that part but listen, okay you know on, right. on a more on a more serious note just i think we got what like three minutes left mike less uh, less. two 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 minutes okay um you know all this junk that's been happening in, in washington dc and and little man trump you know kind of hiding from the media the last couple of days you know two big things happened um <laughs> The administration was supposed to meet and decide on the fate of the U.S.'s involvement in the climate change agreement, of the Paris Agreement. Uh-huh. Um, they, he balked on that because he knows that if he, if he goes down on it, he'll look like a complete, you know what, when he goes to Europe this, this week. He's going there for, for a meeting, okay, the G7 meeting. Right. So he knows that he, he so can't do stalling. that before that because everybody would hate him. So he's going to do it when he comes back. We all know that. Yep. Um, and another thing that happened, which didn't get much news, uh, but the Republicans actually voted down in the, in the Senate um, some of the restrictions that the Trump administration wanted to pull back on on methane gas mm-hmm. pollution. I saw yeah. that. Um, yeah, that was big news. It so, is big so news. So Lindsey Graham, John McCain, and Claire um, McCaskill. McCaskill. Uh, Claire McCaskill
4: was it? I forget yeah. the other one.
2: Oh, I thought it was Susan Collins. Was it okay. Susan? Was it Susan? It might have been Susan
4: Collins. Yeah, you said I think it was Susan so, Collins. Yeah. Ahead.
2: Um, That was big. That was really big because, you know, both of these senators, um, McCain and Graham, have been all over Trump since day one and in Collins, I think, riding the wave as well. But this was big. It didn't get much play, but it showed that he doesn't have the votes to go forward on some other things as well. So that may be also what could happen later on down the road. So while it was kind of hidden in the news, I think it's a big story that people need to pay attention to.
4: I think it's great. All right. Your forecast in 30 seconds. Oh,
2: 75 today, 70s tomorrow, but only 60s along the lakefront. Near 80 on Monday and unload them in 80s, Tuesday, Wednesday, less than an inch of rain over the next seven days. And that's the best news out there because we need to dry out. (laughs) All
4: right. That's great. All right. We'll talk soon. Uh, Have a great uh, bike ride. Talk to you next week, Rick. And happy Mother's Day to you, Mother's Day tomorrow. All right. Happy Mother's Day to you. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I want to thank Bro-te- Dan Protest for being in the studio today. And, of course, Rick Tamayo and Ariana Genova, who's been running errands and running around the studio for us. Uh, and, okay, uh, happy Mother's Day, everybody. I don't think your mic was on, Ariana. It's okay. Uh, until next week, go green or... Oh, until tomorrow, go until green tomorrow, or...
3: go home.
1: Right.
4: we
3: we'll us be back at 9. Uh,
1: Stadler? Oh, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.